This evening, we are looking at the life of Anna, and I have entitled our study together as Anna Gave Thanks. Anna Gave Thanks. Now, I may wonder, you know, what's so great, you know, when you say somebody gave thanks? But when you look at her life, only three verses, verses is condensed her entire life. The scripture tells us that she was advanced in years, at least around 84 years, and she was a widow. And in this state that she was in, she gave thanks. Why she gave thanks? How was she in a position to give thanks? And what can we learn from her life is what our study is going to be. The passage that we are doing is Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, <coughs> verses 36 to 38. Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. It says, There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. First of all, let's look at her profile, the meaning of her name. Her name means grace, you know, and her name is the same as Hannah, okay? Or you have Ananias. All these are you know, derivatives of the same root word meaning grace or gracious. That was the meaning of her name, and she definitely lived up to that, isn't it? She exerted. Uh, if you notice, when somebody met with her, you would uh, never have uh, you know, sort of got any negative vibes. You would never have felt, oh, here's a person who's complaining about, I'm so old, I have all my aches and pains, God has abandoned me, my husband died you know, within seven years of marriage, what's the point of living? No, there was no such you know, conversations. Her entire life was filled with grace. She lived up to her name. And that's an important lesson, a key character that stands out when we look at the passage this evening. Secondly, we find that she was advanced in years. Some translations say she was very old, you know, but a better understanding should be that she was advanced in years. Because some people can be old in the number of years, but still can be young at heart. Some people can, you know, be young at uh, not physically, but still be old at heart. But Anna was advanced in years. <coughs> now, Jewish women in Anna's day could marry as early as the age of 12. So if this was true of Anna, then her husband would have died when she was 19 years old, and if she was a widow for 84 years, then her current age at that time would have been 103 years. That is one interpretation. Some translation says that she was now a widow until she was 84. So that would suggest, no, no, you know, it was you know, after her husband died, you know, right now her age is 84. So whether 84 or 103, Anna was advanced in years, but she didn't really believe 
that she was old. She was still active. She was still vibrant. Isaiah 40 verses 29 to 31 tells us, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I'm sure this would be very true of Anna, isn't it? Also, Paul writing in 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Now, this would also be true of Anna. Yes, she was advanced in years. Yes, looking at her, she would definitely, people will definitely say, yes, she is old. But her inner being was renewed day by day, day by day. Okay. Now, when you're speaking about, you know, she was advanced in years. Okay. Some people would also you know, say that in a better translation would be in a days. Okay. You know, what do you mean by that? You know, instead of using, you know, years to say days, Anna did not view time from the past, but in the present and the future. She didn't focus on lost opportunities, but opportunities yet to be gained. In other words, she did not look back and say, I'm so many years old. Okay. Her concept was, I still have so many more years, days to look forward to. Now, that is an attitude that we must have. As we grow older, there is a tendency to speak about the good old days, you know, as if it's all over now. No, no, as we grow older, our constant uh, heartbeat should be the best years of our lives is yet to come. If we believe that, then we will be working towards that. Our lives will be vibrant. But if on the other hand, we feel it's all over now, I'm just waiting to die, you know, then that is not really it. Yes, Anna was advanced in years physically, but her heart was still very strong and on fire for God. Thirdly, Anna was once married. Her husband died just seven years later. So looking back, she would have remembered the day of her wedding. She would have remembered the joys, the hopes, the dreams, you know, that she would have had, you know, for the future. But no one would have imagined at that particular time that just within seven years, a husband will die. Things like that, that happen in our lives, okay? Things that we don't expect. We have dreams and visions for the future, but those don't happen. But what do you do in the midst of that? Do you give up on life? No, you still continue to be faithful. The word that is used there for she was married for so many years, you know, would also imply that Anna lived a moral and godly life. In other words, during that period and after that as well, you know, she was an individual who was morally pure. She kept herself free from all the possible things that could have happened once her husband passed away. Now, remember, for a person to be a widow in that particular culture 
at that particular time was definitely devastating. She would not have been able to make a livelihood and she was definitely dependent on the temple and on God's people for her sustenance. That's why if you notice in the New Testament, when Paul writes about the responsibility that we have to widows, because that is the culture, if you were to say, from the Old Testament perspective, which is also seen in the New. But even though she knew the grief of losing her husband and the pain that it would have brought to her heart, she still made sure that she did not give up on her faith in God. She continued to trust God even more as the days went by. Fourthly, there is no indication whatsoever that she and her husband ever had any children. There is no mention whatsoever about any children that they had. Okay? She lived the great bulk of her life for the Lord, centering everything around the temple spending time with God. Spend your time, okay, or a bad way to spend your time. Some people looking at her said, hey, she could have done so many other things from her life. Why did, he, why, why did she waste her life just sitting at the temple, praying every day, every night, constantly? Isn't that a waste of time? No. Think for a moment. An individual who is studying, studying for their exam, studying for the finals that is coming in, or maybe a person who is an athlete, a sports person who is, you know, preparing himself or herself for a race that is ahead. Now, right throughout the year, you're going to focus on that, focus on that, focus on that. You're going to give up other things which may be good enough for others, but for you, you're saying, no, this is the most important thing. It's like preparing yourself for a final examination, preparing yourself for you know, the big event, the big match. And that is what life is all about, isn't it? Life at the end of it all is preparing ourselves for eternity. And how better to prepare ourselves for eternity than by spending time with God. She did not allow her diseased husband to freeze up her life. A lot of people when their spouse dies or when their child dies or when some calamity happens in their lives, they say, what's the point of living? Their life freezes up. But here this woman, Anna, 84 years or 103 years, whichever way you look at it, she did not allow life to stop for her. She did not bury her hope in the grave. But she said, no, I have a hope. I have a hope. And she looked forward for what? For the Messiah that was going to come for the Messiah who was going to come. And for us today, we have a hope of Jesus who is going to come back. And we live for that. We prepare for the final exam for eternity. So whatever may have happened in our lives, let's make sure that we don't give up on life. Fifthly, her father's name was Fanuel. Father's name was Fanuel. Fanuel means the face of God, the face of God, okay? What a beautiful picture. When you're thinking about the father being named the face of God, the daughter being named Grace. The scripture speaks about Jesus, that Jesus was full of grace and truth, grace and truth. Now, 
Temple name means you know, the face of God. Obviously, she has had a, a good upbringing. You remember when we studied the life of Elizabeth, we said how for 400 intertestamental year period, no voice of God. But here, obviously, Phanuel has raised his daughter in the ways of God so that even though her husband has died when she was young, she still has continued to serve God, continued to believe in him, even though there has been no voice from God, even though there has been no prophet. The scripture tells us that she was the prophetess. She was the one who was able to listen to what God was trying to tell the, uh, the Israelites, even at that particular moment when baby Jesus was brought into the temple for that uh, uh, ritual that was expected. Sixthly, we find that she was of the tribe of Asher. She was of the tribe of Asher. The tribe of Asher was one of the ten northern tribes that were driven out of the land 700 years before the birth of Christ. And sometimes they are called as the lost tribes of Israel because these people were scattered. But they were not really lost because you find in this chapter that we have Anna of the tribe of Asher living in Jerusalem. Somehow her family have found their way back. And if it was not for them, you know, maybe this message would not really have gone out much further. Yes, there could be those silent years. Yes, there could be those lost years, as it were. But God is the one who supersedes everything, connects the dots together, brings those events together, brings you to a particular place, a particular city, a particular situation, so that even through that, other lives are definitely going to be benefited. Okay? Anna definitely knew what it meant to be rejoicing to be blessed. Another interesting prophecy about this tribe Asher is made in Deuteronomy chapter 33 verses 24 and 25. Deuteronomy 33, 24 and 25 says, and of Asher he said, let Asher be blessed with children, let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. What happens, Sena? What, what does this mean? It basically means that even though you may be very old, you will still be strong. That is a prophecy concerning the tribe of Asher. And definitely, you find this fulfillment in Anna's life. Old, yes, but still strong. A lot of people, as you know, we look at you know, the lifespan of individuals today, earlier generations, maybe they lived for 80, 90, 100. As time is going by, we find that the lifespan is shortening. And a lot of people, even when they are in their 20s and 30s, have already given up on life, you know, and they have died in that sense, even though they have not physically died, they have given up on life. They may live later for 60 and 70 years, you know, whatever age, but they have given up on life. But remember, here is an individual who did not quit much before her time. 
As she grew older, she did not give up on life. Even when her body would have been becoming weak, she still continued to serve God. And that's the seventh important truth about Anna. She was a prophetess. She was a prophetess. From the Greek word, which basically means a, a spokesperson. She spoke forth what God had put upon her heart. And that is what we find here in this passage. When she saw baby Jesus with Simeon, she immediately gave thanks and spoke out. And it also says over there, whoever was willing to listen, she spoke out. So in other words, it appears that she came to the temple and anybody who was around, she was willing to speak out what God had laid upon her heart about the Messiah who was going to come. And then when that day arrived, there was definitely joy in her heart. This is a brief profile about her. Let's look at her prayer life. The scripture tells us in verse 37 that uh, she never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying, fasting and praying. Maybe she thought to herself, now, look at my husband is no longer there. I have no children. What on earth can I do with my life? And she decided, I can definitely serve God. I can definitely spend time praying for others, interceding for others. I can definitely fast and pray. There are so many spiritual needs among God's people. So what will I do? Instead of just sitting at home, whiling my time away, I will go to the house of God, spend time in prayer. Remember, remember, prayer should never be belittled or thought of that it's a useless activity. Never diminish the ministry of prayer. The scripture tells us that Anna served God with fastings and prayers night and day. We will never know, maybe only in eternity, how many answers to prayer came. What God did because of our praying. Now, this is something that we must do, consciously acknowledging that our God is waiting for us to spend time with Him. And instead of keeping ourselves busy with so many things that we can do 24-7, make sure that you spend time in God's presence. And definitely, as you grow older, make sure that you spend more time. Because if you feel, oh, I'm weak, I cannot travel, I cannot do this, but definitely you can pray, you can intercede. And there are so many needs in the world and in the church today. If you notice in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints, which are the prayers of saints. What is the scripture saying? Our prayers is like a sweet-smelling fragrance before God. And these vials, golden vials, are full of them. It is like, you know, uh, when you make something, you know, uh, some food item, okay? The smell of that. When somebody walks into the house, you'd people would immediately say, hey, what have you been cooking? I can smell it. 
Okay, and that is the type of you know, uh, emphasis that is there. When we pray, when we intercede, the scripture tells us God has a good smell of all these prayers. And he says, hey, that is a good thing. He delights in our prayers and he also delights in answering our prayers. He delights in our prayer and he also delights in answering our prayers. So let's never underestimate the power of prayer. But let's make sure that whatever time we have during the day, let's make time. Morning, evening, let's make sure that we are in his presence, interceding for so many needs, for so many people all around us. Thirdly, the scripture speaks about this prophecy that she mentions. In verse 38, it says, Coming up at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It says, coming for, at that in a instant, she gave thanks. What instance was this? This is the instant where Simeon is giving his prophecy in the previous two verses, verses 34 and 35, where it says, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his brother, uh, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken again, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul also. As Simeon is giving this prophecy to Mary, in walks Anna, the prophetess. And as soon as <coughs> as soon as she hears this prophecy, the scripture tells us she gave thanks. She gave thanks. Now, try and put yourself in Anna's shoes. She has been spending her entire life looking forward for the Messiah. Because remember, that was the heart's desire for everyone. Now, they looked forward from a physical viewpoint or from an overthrow of the Roman rule. But there were these few individuals who were looking forward for the genuine Messiah, one who will establish his kingdom, redeem his people from their sins. So, Anna has been praying for so long. And she walks in and she hears Simeon making this statement, making this prophecy. And immediately then, something inside of her would have sort of, you know, burst out to say, hey, this is it that which I have been waiting for. Anna knew that she was looking at the Messiah as soon as she saw this little baby. Now, you may say, how can you recognize that this tiny baby would become the Messiah or is the Messiah? God reveals it to us, isn't it? Now, how can we say that this is the answer to what we have been praying for. It may not be the fulfillment, it may not be the full answer, but you know that this is God's answer. He has answered me in this particular way, which is a link to what is going to happen in the future. If we are sensitive to God, and that's what happens when we are praying to Him, if we are sensitive to God, then what will happen is we will be able to see the answers as God reveals it to us, as God reveals it to us. Luke chapter 10 and verse 22 tells us, All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, 
and who the father is but the son and he to whom the son will reveal him about god is god's revelation to us it could be from his word that he reveals it to us it could be through a situation that which you have been praying for god reveals his answer to us and we know that this is it this is it so we give thanks think of it that way look for answers don't say now yes i've been praying and praying and praying no answer that is coming now what would have happened if anna walked in and said god i expected a big human being and a messiah to come but this tiny baby is this the messiah i don't think so this is an answer what would have happened no faith but when she recognizes through the eyes of faith god revealing it to her that this tiny baby is the one whom god has sent who is god himself and this is where she proclaims with so much of a courage that the going to be the redeemer of jerusalem that is the eyes of faith and that's what happens and that's what god wants us to you know uh, be in that close relationship yes god loves our prayers yes god loves to hear our prayers and answer our prayers but also god wants us to be sensitive to him so that when he answers our prayer we are able to identify the answer and to give thanks okay now let's look at the temple for a moment here <coughs> okay there were just four individuals who were aware of what was happening just four individuals you have simeon you have anna you have joseph and you have mary right just four individuals who were aware of what was happening the rest of them they were doing their own agenda they would have been doing their sacrifices they would have been doing their offerings but in the midst of all that activity that they were involved in they missed out on something big just as people are missing out on something big right now right now is preparatory time for the lord to come back again because he said he is going to come back very soon and signs of the times are there but what is happening people are doing their own thing and the bible tells us just as it was in the days of noah they were eating and drinking giving in marriage and you know, the regular activities are going on not thinking about the flood to come even though noah was preaching about it jesus said it will be the same as in the days of noah so shall it be in the days of the coming back again of the son of man now here when jesus did come down as a tiny baby only four people were aware of who this person was the rest went around with their own activity and even during this christmas season there are very few people who would actually recognize the purpose of christmas the rest of them just miss out they have all their fun and games and enjoyment and celebrations and all the gift giving and all that but they miss out on something big now remember <coughs> this temple is the same temple where the angel gabriel spoke to zechariah this is the same temple that king herod helped build rebuild and restore and this is the same temple that required 46 years in the building that's what you find in john chapter 2 the the jews said 40 and 6 years was this temple in building now this is the herod's temple and definitely you know it was not 
according to the Old Testament and a requirement, if you were to say. He had made it very fancy in order to you know, win favor with the Jews. And this is why the disciples, when they saw this temple, they told the Lord, okay, and you know, they said, hey, see all these buildings of this temple, Matthew 24 and verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, same temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And what did the Lord say? You know, verse, you know, uh, verse 2 of chapter 24, Jesus said to them, see ye not all of these things, verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Herod decided to make it fancy on the outside, trappings of maybe gold and architecture, but inside was all empty. And this is why when Jesus started his ministry and at the end of his ministry also, you find the cleansing of the temple where he says, you have made this a house of prayer into a den of thieves. The temple is supposed to be a house of prayer. Whether it's the worship place or our own bodies, it's a temple, it's a house of prayer. God wants to communicate with us. But instead of doing that, we misuse our temple and we are busy with so many different things, then it will be like the same thing. Only four people knew what was happening. And when the Lord comes back, many will be taken unawares. Let's learn some principles from Anna's life in these verses. Just three verses, but significant principles. Principle number one, practice purity. <laughs> practice purity. The Bible tells us over here that she was a prophetess. She fasted and prayed. She never left the temple. Never left the temple. The King James actually says she lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. Okay, Basically, it means that Anna lived a holy life. Anna lived a holy <laughs> life. Now, remember, holiness, purity is so very important. Remember in the Old Testament, you have this classic example. God gave the victory to the Israelites. You know, they destroyed Jericho. Walls came tumbling down. And then later on, they said, hey, we'll fight this battle against time. No problem. We can handle it. And what happens? They were not able to do it. Why? Because there was sin in the camp. I can't sin comes in over that. And then they had to remove that sin. Once purity was restored, we find that victory came in. So, important principle. God used Anna. Her name is mentioned in Scripture. Just three verses, but she has gone down in history. Why? Because she practiced purity. People around her would have said, hey, look here, you still have a lot of years to live. You know, enjoy life. You know, Why are you doing this? She says, nothing doing. I'm going to keep myself pure. So let's learn to practice purity. Secondly, pray consistently. Pray consistently. <laughs> when God chose a handful of believers who testified, at his son's birth, God chose somebody who prayed, somebody who prayed. Through prayer, she gained an insight that many failed to grasp, many failed to grasp. I'm sure she would have been familiar in Jeremiah 33.3, 3, call unto me 
and I will show great and mighty things that you do not know. Anna saw those great and mighty things that others missed out. Only four of them saw that baby as the one who is to come, the Messiah. They missed out the others. Why? Because she prayed. Prayer actually tunes our hearts and minds to God. Somebody said that we will never tell people about Jesus until you tell Jesus about people. Let me say that again. You will never tell people about Jesus until you tell Jesus about people. In other words, as we begin to pray for people, intercede, then you begin to speak to people about Jesus. And that's what she did. She spent time in prayer and then she spoke. She spoke to all who would hear about the one, the Redeemer, who is to come. Why? Because of her time with God in prayer. And through uh, prayer, the Bible says, we gain wisdom. Think again of the passage where four friends brought their friend to Jesus. No space, so they open up the roof and they let him down. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, when Jesus saw the faith of their friends, okay, when they saw the faith of their friends, not the faith of this young man, but the faith of their friends, okay. How can we get our unsaved friends, you know, to be saved? Through prayer, through prayer. When we pray for them, when we intercede for them, then we also look for opportunities to share Christ with them. This is what the scripture tells us about Anna in verse 38. She spoke to all who were looking for redemption. If she was uh, uh, concerned for the temple, if she was concerned about what was happening in, uh, in among the Israelites at that time, the malpractices or the external worship, and, uh, and she wanted to communicate, hey guys, get back to God. She made sure that she was there at the temple speaking to people about what needs to be done. It is only when we are praying to God for people that we will be motivated to speak to them about God. Thirdly, perpetually be in God's presence. Perpetually be in God's presence. Verse 37 tells us she never left the temple. Basically, it means that she never fell away or she never was faithless. She continued to keep trusting, keep obeying God continue to trust God to supply her every need. This is what Jesus meant in John chapter 15 and verse 4, where he said, abide in me and I in you. That's the constant abiding. And unless we do that, Jesus said, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. That's what Anna was doing. For her, the place of worship her time with God was the center of gravity for her life. It seemed like she was always there. That's the center of gravity, isn't it? You know? For her, her time with God, personal presence with God was the center of gravity. It was not a duty, but it was a joy. It was not something to fit into a busy schedule, okay? but it was how to fit other things into this schedule. Her schedule of her presence with God was the most important thing. Ask yourself, even this evening, 
does your life revolve around your time with God? Or is it, if there is time after everything is left, then you have time with God? Perpetually be in God's presence. When the New Testament says, pray at all times, that's what it basically means. Live in that understanding that your relationship with God is indeed the center of gravity in your life. Anna gave herself to seek the face of God in three things that she did. Worship, prayer, and fasting. Worship, prayer, and fasting. While the other people were eating, she was fasting. While other people were sleeping, she was praying. And while other people were playing around, she was worshipping. What a life that we can emulate. Fourthly, proclaim boldly. Boldly. Yes, we need to pray consistently. But we must also be willing to take the next step of proclaiming boldly. The scripture tells us over there, she went to them. She went to them. Okay, Coming up to them. You know, went to them. And she spoke to the others who were looking for redemption. So this speaks about her boldness to initiate a conversation. To initiate a conversation. She recognized the privilege that she had to testify about this baby who is the Messiah. Now, people would have thought, maybe this is just a crazy old lady, you know, but she was not concerned about that. She knew this is it, and she had to step out. She had to step out in faith. So that is what, you know, holy boldness is all about, stepping out of your comfort zone by faith to share the great news of eternal life with those who need it and are ready to receive it. And once she did that, she said, it says over there, she continued to speak, you know, she continued to speak to those individuals who are looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. She never kept her mouth shut. She spent time with God, yes, but she also spent time with people. She had the right balance. Fifthly, persevere patiently. <laughs> persevere patiently. Remember, we are speaking about a woman of 84 or 100 years old. Anna makes her greatest contribution at her weakest condition. You persevere by doing what you can, where you are, with what you have. Persevere by doing what you can, where you are, with what you have. There may be things when you're older, you may not be able to do that which you were doing earlier. But now, with what you have, be willing to do what you can, where you are, with what you have. Remember when Jesus spoke to Mary of Bethany, who anointed him with the burial perfume, Jesus said, she has done what she could. She has done what she could. Anna did what she could. The question to us this evening will be, what are you doing with what you have? What can you do? Yes, there would be painful seasons, but they are not going to last. It will go. How we walk through those painful seasons is the key of how we would live once we come out of them. Here, she didn't give up. Oh, she was a widow, she didn't give up. Even though she grew older, she would have become weaker. She didn't give up. She was willing to continue to persevere. Um, a major lesson from Anna's life 
is to not let age or any other barrier prevent you from making a significant contribution to the kingdom. Sixthly, perceive, uh, perceive a thankful heart. Perceive a thankful heart. She learned to see people and circumstances through the eyes of a merciful and gracious God. Try and picture that scene over there. She walks in, sees this little baby, and immediately a smile would have come on her face, and she says, she bursts out in thanksgiving before God. Why? She was able to see through those situations into what God was doing. And that's what thankfulness is all about, isn't it? Thankfulness is not waiting for the situation to change and then to give thanks. Seeing through the situation you're doing, perceiving through that and saying, hey, God is in charge and giving thanks to him. <laughs> okay. Seventhly, <coughs> a proper focus, a proper focus. There were many things in life, in Anna's life, that would have been very disappointing for her as a woman and as a widow and as an old widow. Okay. There would have been definitely different, different restrictions that would have been placed on her because it was a male-dominated society where women were supposed to be silent and unobtrusive. And here was an old woman. Here was a prophetess. And here was a person who was speaking. What did she do? She had her focus clear. She did not have any issues with that. She had her focus clear. She didn't look back with regret. But rather, she looked forward with hope. She was talking to people to find who were those individuals who were looking forward for the redemption of Jerusalem. She was talking to them, talking to them. She was constantly, you know, it is like, you know, she had gone through so much in her life and she recognized, hey, this is not the end. I have the better years are still to come. And she looked at what was happening in the nation of Israel and the temple and all that was going on. And she said, hey, guys, this is not the end. The Messiah is coming. She had the right perspective on life. She had the right focus on life. She was not dwelling in the past with regret, but she was looking forward to the future with hope. <laughs> this is a question that we must definitely ask of us. Grief plays a very necessary part in our lives. But grief adds to the tragedy when we allow it to define us. When grief defines us, we forego the opportunity to truly live again. Although Anna knew heartache and loss, she focused on hope. She focused on hope. She lived her life patiently waiting for Christ, who is indeed our hope us this evening would be, where are you focusing your attention on? As you wait for God's promise. Yes, the promised Messiah. Yes, the answer to your prayers. As you wait for that answer, what are you looking forward? What are you focusing your attention on? Number eight, prepared witness. A prepared witness. <laughs> okay. The scripture tells us that she was aware of what was happening over there. Jesus would have been circumcised by one of the priests, but even the priests who were serving at the temple at that particular day, for that priest, it would have been just another baby in a family with just another baby. 
And then also when it speaks about Simeon, it is mentioned there was a man in Jerusalem. But when it speaks about Anna, it speaks about Anna the prophetess. Anna the prophetess. Here was a lady who spoke about Jesus as the Redeemer. Verse 36 tells us she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The redemption of Jerusalem. Anna knew the Old Testament scriptures and she knew that the purpose of God was to redeem a people to himself. And she knew that Jerusalem was going to be the place, you know, which God was going to use, okay? And she knew that the temple is the place where God's presence will come down. And as a result, every day when she goes to the temple, she's hoping that something will be there. Something will be there. New change will be there. But every day for so many years, life has been the same. And then on this particular day, things have changed so differently. Yes, she would have seen all the commercialization of faith. She would have seen the institution, uh, institutionalizing of you know, the religion. She would have seen all the self-righteousness of the people over there, people who thought that, you know, yes, they were the most you know, important people around town. They had their long robes and so that everybody thought they were the best prayers in town. Jesus told about them, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. And Anna's heart would definitely have ached when she went to the temple. When she saw all these people professing faith, but never really actually praying and having a relationship with God. They said that they love God, but actually they love their own selves and their own families. How much she would have longed for that day when the temple would be filled with people who really loved God and lived to serve Him. People at that time, Simeon was there, Anna was there, and there were others also who wanted to hear. So that's why the scripture tells us over here that to all who are willing to listen, she spoke. She spoke about redemption. She spoke about redemption. Now, this is the first emphasis of redemption in the New Testament, but definitely should have known about the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, where you have Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, one who buys back. Here were these two individuals, Ophrah and Ruth. You know, Ophrah decides to go back. You know. Ruth says, no, I will come with you. And then you find you know, she marries you know, Boaz. Or Boaz is willing to marry her. He becomes the redeemer in that sense of the term of the Old Testament you know, uh, rule. That is a picture of what God was going to do in the New Testament, of how Jesus would come into the world to redeem us, to buy us back from sin. And she was aware of all that. She had studied all that. And she, obviously, that is what she has been speaking about when it says, to all those who wanted to hear about the redemption of Israel, she shared and she spoke. And finally, when this event happened, she said, hey, this is it. This is, a, this is what I've been speaking about. This is it. The story is told of a <coughs> member of a church who was dying. And on his last visit, the pastor prayed to God to give this man boldness as he prepared to go through the valley of the shadow of death. And the man responded to the pastor and said, Pastor, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm ashamed to die. I'm not afraid to die. 
am ashamed to die. I know I must go empty-handed because I have not witnessed for Christ. Spent her final days on earth telling others about Christ. How will you spend your life? Let us not wait till we are too old and too weak to serve God. We can devote our lives to serving Him right now. Anna's life demonstrates how we should live our lives. Jesus asked this classic question, isn't it? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and loses his own soul? Loses his own soul. Are we exchanging you know, a bowl of soup and saying, look here, you know, I want this rather than the kingdom? Ask yourself, are you wasting your life away or is your life spent in serving God? Because a life spent in serving God it is never wasted. It will always be the best way, the best way to live this life. So let's make sure that this would be our passion. As much as it was Anna's passion, let this also be our passion. Whatever age, whatever period, let's make sure that we live for God. A couple of important lessons that we can learn from Anna's and this uh, passage. Number one, God delights to use people who the world thinks are nobodies. God delights to use people who the world thinks are nobodies. Luke recorded the name of her father, Phanuel, also the name of the tribe. Okay, Even though Israel had lost track of these 10 lost tribes, God had not lost track. Okay, God delights to use people who... The world thinks are nobodies. Now, when you look at your life, if you think you're a somebody, God is not going to use you. But if you say, who am I, Lord? God says, prime material, I can use you. So let's be willing to give ourselves to him and allow God to use us. Secondly, age is of no consequence to God. Age is of no consequence to God. Whether she was 84 or whether she was 103, she recognized that the best years of her life was yet to come and she spent that time every day worshipping, praising and honoring God. He can use us at any age. Don't count yourself out because you're young or because you're old. Some people say, I'm too young now, I can't be used of God. When I grow older, I'll be used of God, I'll give myself to him. And when they grow older, they say, I'm too old now. I have all these aches and pains. I cannot focus my mind. So maybe now is not the time. They lose out both ways. Remember, age is of no consequence to God. Thirdly, God gives us a reason for thanksgiving. God gives us a reason for thanksgiving. The first thing that Anna did as soon as she saw Simeon with Jesus was to give thanks, was to give thanks. She understood what Jesus meant for the people of Jerusalem. Because that's why she immediately said, hey, you guys are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The Redeemer has arrived. The Redeemer has arrived. I'm sure if we had to you know, reenact or you know, put the situation back you know, in reality in our lives, it would have been, she would have been so overjoyed. She would have been so overjoyed. So it's not just a, a casual saying, I thank you. But it has been like, you know, this is the day I've been waiting for. The question would be, are we waiting for that redemption? Are we waiting for the Lord to call us home? 
Are we waiting for his coming back again? Are we looking forward with thanksgiving? Lord, I look forward to that day. That is what Anna's Anna, uh, desire was, the reason for thanksgiving to say, this is what I've been waiting for and this is what it is. I constantly mention Anna, the title Anna, or uh, the words of a song which says, if this was the very last day of my life, I will not cry because I have been waiting for it. It's a song by a group called The Second Chapter of Acts. If this was the very last day of my life, I would not cry because I have been waiting for it. That's a reason for thanksgiving. You're looking forward. If we have that reason, then there is thankfulness in our hearts. Fourthly, she didn't give up. She didn't give up. Okay, She didn't give up. Constantly, she kept speaking. Constantly, she kept uh, uh, praying. Now, think for a moment. If Christ had come, the very first day after she was widowed, okay, how many people would have heard the message of salvation that she was preaching for so long? Few people, isn't it? God's timing is truly perfect. Now we may say, why did this happen? God has a reason. God has a purpose. And through that, his name is being glorified. Don't give up. God is still using you for a particular purpose. Keep pressing on. That's the important lesson from Anna's life. 60 plus years, she would have definitely been giving, 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 never giving up. Fifthly, she did what God told her to do. She was a prophetess. That was the ministry or the gifting that God had given to her. And she faithfully used it. She knew the Old Testament. She faithfully interpreted it to the people around her. Sixthly, she was a strong woman. She was a strong woman. Despite her husband's death, she exemplified that even in the worst of circumstances, God is still there with us. She teaches us that we can be used by God no matter who we are. Psalm 138 and verse 8 tells us, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. And that's where we get our strength from. To go through the struggles of life, to know that God will fulfill his promise. And that is what would have kept her going. She was a strong woman. Seventhly, God provided for Anna. God provided for Anna. Knowing from past experience, she would have known that God answers prayers. Why? Because being a widow, she had to definitely rely on others to feed and to clothe her. And God had provided her for all these years. And she was confident that God answers her prayers. Psalm 17 verses 5 and 6 tells us, My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Give ear to me and hear my prayer. She was familiar with this psalm. She knew that God hears and answers. So when she saw God meeting her needs for all those years, she knew that God would also answer her prayers for the Redeemer who was to come. <coughs> Number eight, fasting produces <coughs> results. Fasting produces results. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us who all were fasting with her, but she was fasting. <coughs> fasting alone. To be willing to give up. Now, fasting can involve so many things. It need not only be giving up food. It would be giving up that which is most important to you. 
Maybe you take a social media fast or you take a games fast, you know, you know some other fast, you know, something that is, you know, you value very much, you know, you spend your time doing that. And then you say, Lord, I value my relationship with you much more importantly than this. So this time that I would normally spend doing this activity, I'm going to cut that out of my life and spend time with you. And that is what fasting is. So when you're speaking about fasting produces results, it is not like bribing God. It is not saying, okay, God won't answer only my prayer. So if I fast and pray, then God will answer. No, no, it is not like that. Fasting only shows your sincerity of how much you value what you are praying for. Number nine, she was a strong witness for Christ. She was a strong witness for Christ. Anna shows us how important it is to tell others about Christ in all situations. Whatever opportunity she had, right at that temple, she was willing to open her mouth and say. Whether the people accepted it or not, she was not bothered about that. Number 10, she listened to God for direction in her life. She listened to God to tell her who she was and the direction he wanted to send her. She was able to understand who she was. She was not a widow. She was not an old person, but she recognized that she was a prophetess. That is what happens. When you listen to God, you and I get our identity from him. Not how the world views us, but how God views us. And when we understand how God views us and get our identity, then we also get our direction of what we should be doing rather than doing what the world is telling us to do. Number 11, Anna understood what patience meant. What patience meant, isn't it? She waited for Christ to come despite the many years that had passed. Okay, How long she waited? How long she waited? Many, many years. But she knew her prayers will be answered. Just as much as Simeon says, now I'm ready to go. Because God, you promised me that before I die, the Messiah will come. So maybe Anna and Simeon would have had that discussion. Simeon has said, I'm waiting for the Messiah. God has told me before I die, he will come. And Anna has been constantly watching and monitoring. Patience, patience. Patience is such a very important thing in the spiritual life. Number 12, Anna was consistent. Anna was consistent. The Bible says she never left the temple, never left the temple. You and I will be known for what we consistently do, what we consistently do. One reason we should be consistent is because it will be what we are known for. Anna's consistency serving God in the temple is what she was known for. Okay, Just three verses, but she was known for her consistency consistency. If you were to ask three people okay, to write a sentence you know, or three sentences to summarize your life, say, chances are it will be the things that stand out most about you, which will be the things that you consistently do. That which we do consistently is what stands out. So when you look at uh, Anna's life, we find that she was consistently in the temple. Being consistent means that you can be depended upon. If somebody had to say, where's Anna, where's Anna? They would say, oh, Anna will be at the temple. They knew, they knew that she can be found at the temple. 
Okay, that is what consistency is all about, and this is what God desires. Revelation three fifteen says to the lukewarm church of Laodicea, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. I wish you were consistent. I wish you were either cold or hot. Okay, God looks for consistency. Number thirteen, a life devoted to God is a life well spent. A life devoted to God is a life well spent. And this is, I would say, uh, a basic or a key truth from Anna's life that we can learn. On the line, but a life devoted to God is a life that is well spent. Looking back on Anna's life, she would have said, no regrets, no regrets. I looked forward for that day and it happened, you know, no regrets. Ask yourself, when the time comes for you to go home, would you have regrets or would you say it was a life well spent? 14. Devotion to God is really all that matters. Devotion to God is really all that matters. Anna knew this particular truth. She recognized the baby as God's promised Messiah. And even though there would have been many more learned people than her in that particular time, even at the temple, she recognized that this was the Messiah. She was the most wisest individual at that particular time. That is what devotion to God really helps you to become. That's what really matters in life, isn't it? What's the point of gaining the whole world? and losing your own soul. Work on spending time building a relationship with Him. 15. Devotion to God is available to everyone. Is available to everyone. Now remember, Anna was an old woman. While Jewish women enjoyed more respect in that day than women in other cultures, there was still a fair amount of discrimination against them. The rabbis did not approve of the same amount of instruction in the Torah being given to girls as to boys. They regarded women's minds as not adapted for such investigations. Now, this is what scholars tell us. The women were restricted to an area of the temple which was called as the women's court. They could not enter the inner court where the ceremonies were performed. And according to Josephus, women and slaves could not give evidence in court. God was pleased to include the testimony of Anna. Is able to use any individual and devotion to God is available to everyone, no matter what our society says, no matter what our church would say, devotion to God is available to everyone. She could have become bitter toward God. She could have complained about her uh, loneliness, because widows in that culture did not have much opportunity to get an education or to learn a business or trade or provide for themselves. She could have become the target of unscrupulous businessmen. Anna would have definitely had a difficult life, but still she did not turn her back on God, but rather spent time devoting herself to Him. 16. Devotion to God takes many outward forms, but always it involves these three things, worship, witness, and waiting. The gospel tells us she was serving, serving, okay? That is what, you know, worship is all about. You're serving, and Anna's worship 
took the form of uh, fasting and prayers. Witness. She couldn't keep it to herself. She shared with others about who Jesus was. And she def definitely have the waiting, looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. These three things is what the uh, nah, ingredients of a person who is devoted to God. A person who says that I am spending time with God, okay, is the one who worships God. Worships God in spirit and truth on the basis of the truth of God's word. A person who is devoted to God, once he has received from God, is willing to share with others, witness for God. And a person who is devoted to God does not give up on God when things don't work out but continues to wait, trusting him. That is what genuine worship and devotion is all about. And finally, number 17, devotion to God is one and the same with devotion to Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? A person cannot say, I'm worshiping God, but I'm not worshiping Jesus. I'm devoted to God, but I'm not worshiping, I'm devoted to Jesus. No, no, no. It's one and the same, okay? The scripture tells us very clearly that I and the Father are one, Jesus said. So there's no question about, you know, uh, yes, he is a person who is devoted to God, but has not been redeemed by Christ. He has not responded to Christ. People think that is possible. People think it is possible, that it is not possible. You cannot be devoted to God unless you have been redeemed by his son. On his deathbed, Matthew Henry, whose commentary on the whole Bible is still widely used many, many years after his death, said to his friend on his deathbed, you have been used to take notice of the sayings of dying men. This is mine. This was his dying words. He said, a life spent in the service of God and communion with him is the most pleasant life <laughs> that anyone can live in this world. A life spent in the service of God and communion with Him is the most pleasant life that anyone can live in this world. And I would agree, and I'm sure each one of us would also agree, that a life devoted to God is the best life that we can have. And a life devoted to anything else, no matter how noble, is a life that is ultimately wasted. Whatever you do for a, for a living, make sure that your love for Jesus is at the heart of why you are living. Then, whether you live a short life or a long life on this earth, then you can have the assurance that it was a life that was well spent. So even this evening, when you're looking at Anna's life, the life that she lived, the example that she has left before us, the legacy that she has handed down to us. Let's make sure as we grow older, make sure devoted to him, never giving up. And at any time when he calls us home, there would not be any regrets, but we would have been waiting for that day. Let me close with some application questions this evening. Number one, how would you rate your patience from very patient to very impatient, okay? He said, Anna was a patient person, okay? How would you rate your patience? One to 10, you know, very patient or very impatient. Number two, what is the byproduct of waiting on God? Take a closer look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. In what area of your life do you need strength? 
And what is God saying to you through this passage? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew your strength. What are your weak areas, you know, which God is wanting to strengthen? And how is it going to happen when you wait on God? Number three, what dream has God planted deep inside you? And what prevents you from realizing that dream? That Maybe saying you're giving up on that dream and saying it's not going to happen. What are the things that are preventing that? Number four, how would you have felt if you had been in Anna's situation? Seven years down the line, husband dies all these years, and uh, no kids, and uh, you have been a widow for all those years. How would you have felt? Number five, based on what Anna did, what should you do in response to your situation? Now, that's what we learned about Anna, what she did. Now, look at your situation. What are you going through? It may not be the same, but what are you going through? What should you do from the lessons that we have learned this evening? Number six, Anna had every reason to feel hopeless and useless, yet she believed God's promise that she was valuable to him. How do you know you're valuable to God, and how does that make you feel? If this evening you're feeling Useless, this has happened and that has happened. You know, you're looking into the future, hopeless. Learn from Anna this evening. Remember that you are valuable to him. Number seven, Anna prayed that the Messiah would come. For what are you praying? And what do you, do you expect to happen when that prayer is answered? And finally, number eight, for what are you watching? And how do you expect God to overwhelm your life. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Our Father, we thank you for Anna's life this evening. Just three verses. Many years she lived a widow, but her life has spoken volumes to us of what you expect of our lives. And Father, we pray that we would be individuals who would be devoted to you, who would count our relationship with you as the most important thing in life, that our time spent with you will be the center of gravity in our lives, Lord, that we would look forward each day, preparing ourselves for your coming back again. And as we study your word, that you'd be willing, that you'd help us to be willing to share these truths with people around us who are still living in darkness and misery, that we would be able to bring hope into their lives. Thank you for your presence with us, your word to us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.